The information featured in this podcast is gathered through research via the internet, articles, books, etc. Although the places and people depicted in the stories are real, the haunted details are based on urban myths and are intended solely for entertainment purposes. The stories are scary and often violent and graphic in nature. Viewer discretion is advised. The Schoolie Tale is narrated by Jackie. It's where the idea of the Oscars was first conceived. During World War II, it was a resting facility for soldiers. It has welcomed many notable guests, but one of its most recognizable guests was an aspiring actress that was last seen here before she became a murder victim in California's longest unsolved murder case. It's believed that her ghost haunts this hotel. The Millennium Biltmore Hotel is regarded as a symbol of Los Angeles. It's earned the name of being host of the coast, but it's also known as being a host of the ghosts. Located in downtown LA, the Biltmore Hotel opened its doors in 1923 and was considered the largest hotel west of Chicago in the United States. Its exterior architecture features a fusion of Mediterranean and Spanish-Italian revival influence. It stands 11 stories tall and takes up half a city block. The breathtaking interior includes beautiful carved marble fountains and dazzling Austrian crystal chandeliers, offering its guests luxury and elegance. In 1927, members of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts, which included Louis B. Mayer and Douglas Fairbanks, formed a concept of presenting awards to colleagues in the movie business in an attempt to bring recognition and respect to the industry. A luncheon was held in the Crystal Ballroom at the Biltmore Hotel to discuss the details of the event. The ceremony was named the Academy Awards, and during the meeting, art director Cedric Gibbons even sketched the design of the Oscar statue on a linen Biltmore napkin. Gibbons would actually go on to win 11 of these trophies in his career. The Biltmore held the third annual Academy Award ceremony and became an alternating location between the Ambassador Hotel for hosting the award ceremony. The Biltmore held eight Academy Award ceremonies in total, but the ceremony in 1942 would be the last for a long time, when attention of the nation shifted to the World War. During the war, the Biltmore was a recreation for military personnel on leave. The entire second floor of the hotel was repurposed and supplied with military bunks for the soldiers. Although the war ended in September 1945, there are numerous accounts by staff and guests who have cited the spirits of the soldiers wandering through the hotel, with some claiming to see the ghost of a nurse who dwells on the second floor still aiding the soldiers. But the most frequently reported spirit of the hotel is of a woman with dark hair who wears a black dress and looks as though she came straight out of a film noir. People who have encountered this ghost know exactly who she is, and have identified her to be Elizabeth Short, who is also known as the Black Dahlia. Elizabeth Short was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts. She first moved to California at age 18 when her mother received a letter from her father that the family had presumed committed suicide by jumping in the Charleston River. Elizabeth was only six years old at the time of his apparent suicide. But, with this newfound discovery of her father being alive and well, Elizabeth had high hopes of catching up on lost time with her father and figured that this could be her chance to make it as an actress in California. However, the blitz of reconnecting with her father was short-lived. The two did not get along, and Elizabeth's father eventually kicked her out. Shortly after that, Elizabeth moved to Florida, where she met an Army Air Force officer named Matthew Michael Jordan Jr. 
When Matthew was deployed to India, he survived a plane crash. While recovering from the crash, Matthew wrote to Elizabeth and proposed marriage to her, which he happily accepted. Unfortunately, Matthew was in another plane crash on August 10th and did not survive. It was less than a week before the war ended. After the passing of her late fiancé, Elizabeth relocated to Los Angeles in the summer of 1946, where she would spend the last six months of her life. She took a job as a waitress, but still had aspirations to be in the movies. On January 9, 1947, Elizabeth was dropped off at the Biltmore Hotel by a guy she was dating at the time named Robert Manley. Elizabeth apparently made plans to meet up with her sister at the hotel, who was visiting from Boston that afternoon. Staff of the hotel recalls seeing the mysterious young woman wandering around the bar and using the telephone in the main lobby. The Biltmore is one of the last known places where Elizabeth Short was seen alive. Elizabeth's corpse was discovered on the morning of January 15, 1947, by a woman named Betty Bersinger, who was out for a morning walk with her three-year-old daughter in Lamert Park. When Betty first noticed Elizabeth's body laid out just a few feet from the street, she initially thought it was a discarded mannequin, but upon closer look, Betty was mortified to discover that it was actually a naked corpse. Betty immediately called the police and told them about the mutilated body she had found. Elizabeth's body was cut in half through her torso, with a one-foot gap between her bottom half and her top half. Both parts were posed in unnatural ways, with her hands over her head and her legs spread apart in a sexual manner. Her face had been slashed from the corners of her mouth up to her ears, creating an eerie, classical smile. Her body had been completely drained of blood and cleaned with gasoline, which made the skin appear bleached white. When the police arrived, the crime scene began to attract a crowd of reporters and passers-by. An autopsy was performed the following day, the coroner, Frederick Newbar, reported that because there was very little bruising on the incision line where the body was cut in half would suggest that it was done after she was already dead. The front and right side of her scalp had marks of bruising and showed some amount of blood, which suggested that there had been blows to the head involved. Newbar concluded that the cause of death was due to cerebral hemorrhage. But the next questions that needed to be answered was, who was this young woman and who would murder her in such a violent manner? Because of an arrest in 1943 for underage drinking, Elizabeth's fingerprints were on file and made it possible for her to be immediately identified. Once newspapers got wind of this, it quickly became a highly publicized crime investigation and became front-page news for 35 days. The press named her The Black Dahlia, which is believed to originate from the movie The Blue Dahlia. Articles often sensationalized the investigation to grab readers' attention, using unsympathetic terms such as sex fiend to describe the victim. On January 24th, a suspicious envelope addressed to the Los Angeles Examiner was found by a post office worker. The envelope contained a message that was cut and pasted together using newspaper clippings that read, Here is Dahlia's belongings. Letter to follow. The envelope also contained some of Elizabeth's personal belongings, such as her birth certificate, photographs, and an address book. It appeared that some of the pages from the book had been ripped out, which led investigators to believe that those pages contained information of the killer, who presumably sent the envelope in the first place. More suspicious, though, is that the packet had been cleaned with gasoline to avoid traces of fingerprints, which coincidentally was also how Elizabeth's body had been cleaned. But after countless suspect interrogations, not enough evidence was ever found to arrest anyone, and the investigation had eventually hit a dead end. Elizabeth's murder became a cold case by the spring of 1947 and is the oldest cold case in the history of Los Angeles County. It has frustrated and fascinated the public ever since, with people always holding out hope that her case will someday be officially solved. And because the Biltmore was one of the last places that Elizabeth was seen alive, 
it is widely believed that her spirit remains there. Her ghost is most frequently seen on the 10th and 11th floors of the hotel. Those who have encountered her have consistently described her distinct dark hair and to be wearing a fashionable 1940s-style dress and her signature black. But there have also been accounts of people who have seen her wandering around the lobby, the bar, and in the elevator. All those who have seen her have said her spirit will walk through walls and suddenly vanish. A man who was staying at the hotel reported that when he was going up the elevator, he was accompanied by a beautiful woman in black and looked as though she was from another era. He didn't pay much mind until he realized that the woman had suddenly disappeared into thin air by the time they reached the sixth floor. The man had no idea who this woman was, but the following day when the man visited the gift shop in the hotel lobby, he came across a true crime book that featured the Black Dahlia on the cover. At that moment, he recognized her as the woman he rode the elevator with. Apparently, there's no shortage of ghosts at the Biltmore, and no haunted hotel is complete without a few children ghosts. The Biltmore is home to a little girl whom guests have reported seeing or hearing her playful giggles and phantom footsteps running up and down the halls. But what's more scary is the ghost of a little boy who has no face. The faceless ghost haunts the roof of the hotel, and those who have seen him will flee the scene out of sheer fright. Other common reports are of hearing loud laughter as though there is a big party going on, even though there isn't. Guests have said to experience sudden drops in temperature, and floating orbs will appear in pictures taken at the hotel. But as a fun tidbit, a beloved specter of the hotel is a ghost made of pure ectoplasm with a healthy appetite. This slimy spectrum has the ability to pass through solid objects. The hotel staff was no longer able to keep him under control, so their only option was to call the Ghostbusters. In the 1984 classic Ghostbusters, many of the interior scenes of the Sedgwick Hotel were actually filmed at the Biltmore, including the iconic scene of the Ghostbusters capturing Slimer, which was shot in the Biltmore's lobby. Very fitting considering the hotel's real history with the paranormal. It sounds as if the hotel really does have some supernatural elimination needs. Now it's time for the girls to have a ghouly discussion. Let's talk about scary things. Okay, so what do you guys think about that story? Do you guys think that the Black Dahlia really haunts the Biltmore? Oh, yeah. I do, because at first I was thinking, why would she haunt the last known place? You know, because most ghosts uh, haunt a place that they're connected with in some way, or where they were murdered or died or whatever. But maybe she spent more time there than we realized she did, because we don't know every detail of her life. So maybe she did spend more time there than we realize, even though that was... It was possibly more than just the last known place she was seen alive. Well, also, maybe she didn't realize she was killed and she her spirit went back to the hotel and she still thinks she's alive. I hear that yeah. happen all the time as well. Especially, like, in a tragic case like that. Yeah. And what really sold it to me that it was her was the guy that mm-hmm. saw the book in the lobby, the true mm-hmm. crime book, and saw the picture of her and said, yeah, that was her, that he saw. Because a lot of women, you know, maybe people just wish it was the Black Dahlia, but... I mean, it's very believable. Yeah, I guess, like, while researching this, I was looking at um, reviews for the hotel, and almost all the reviews are talking about, you know, there's definitely a lot of activity in that hotel, and it's definitely haunted. Uh, Some of them mentioned the Black Dahlia. I don't know if it was necessarily in the reviews, but staff of the hotel say she's often seen around the hotel bar. And sometimes ghost um, sightings and apparitions, sometimes it's like a trapped energy that keeps replaying Mm -hmm. over and over. So that 
could be something maybe she was in that bar often and it's just kind of like a fabric of yeah that time just being played over and over that can be very I mean I think that's very common when you hear ghost stories yeah I believe that she's recorded there you know like a time loop yeah Yeah, they're there but we're here but there's also time loops also to where like Dre said she's recorded now in other ghost stories where I've gone on ghost tours or something been told a specific story about an incident that's occurred in a certain place and where it's like it's kind of played on a loop and they see the same thing over and over Mm. you know it's kind of common you see the spirit or apparition in the same area kind of like repeatedly and because it's kind of like a pattern of energy that's Mm -hmm. stuck there that just keeps replaying over and over I think it's kind of interesting that her spirit is seen wearing all black but the people that last saw her say that she was actually wearing a black pencil skirt and a white blouse Uh but black was her signature color this kind of makes you wonder why those things or why they choose to come back a certain way yeah i mean even being seen in different parts of the hotel pretty much dressed the same and looking the same that no matter what part of the hotel she's been seen in the way she looks is consistently described Mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty interesting, too. And hearing that she was in different parts of the hotel. Because usually when you hear about a spirit, it's usually in one certain area of a place. Like, Mm -hmm. specifically just the bar or just on a certain floor or just in a room. She's seen all over the hotel. Yeah, it just seems like she just wanders around like a living person. Yeah, she probably just doesn't know where she is. Yeah. Or, she, or she does know where she is, she just doesn't know she's dead. Yeah, unfortunately. sometimes I don't think it's necessarily that. I just believe that the spirit world and the physical world it's more, it's more within reach than most people realize. Yeah, I it's believe that too. It's all around us mm-hmm. and I think more people experience spiritual things on a daily basis than they realize. I believe that completely. Um, I think she lived a very sad life. You know, her father faked his suicide. Her and her family thought he was dead all those years. And Mm -hmm. for him to come out of the blue and her trying to reconnect with her dad, he sounded like he was kind of a cruel person Mm -hmm. kicking her out. He seemed to get bored with trying to build a relationship with her real fast. When he was informed about her being killed, he pretty much had a nonchalant, I don't care attitude about it. Because he really never had a relationship with her and didn't seem like he ever wanted one. And that's pretty sad. Is there any speculation that the dad killed her? There are. Yeah. I mean, that because, kind of um, sounds uh, plausible, too. Yeah, I mean, that letter, mm-hmm. it also contained her birth certificate and oh. her social security number. So that's people a, think suspicious. like, oh, yeah, he's more likely to have them. Well, the dad sounds pretty suspicious. But you can never tell with some people. To me, the Black Dahlia story is just a very sad story. She yeah. just seemed like a very lonely person. Yeah. And to have to die that type of death and be such a widely known story and it still be unsolved to this day. It's just, it's just tragic and sad sounds like she lived a pretty lonely life at you know at the end of her life which i think just makes it more sad and tragic six months before she died her fiance passed away that's that's sad yeah i didn't know that about her yeah i didn't know that either because um all i ever knew about her was just that she was pursuing an acting career and i think they like to leave that part of the story out because they like to paint her her picture differently yeah making her seem like she was desperate to become famous and Mm. had all these 
boyfriends and affairs and possibly a sex worker and all the, these things. They yeah. want to, you know, paint that picture. So yeah. if they say anything about her fiancé that she had, then it kind of takes away from that picture that they paint of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It definitely humanizes her for me. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I, I just didn't know much about her. And that is one of the sad parts that make you realize, yeah, she was human. She actually had a life and a very tragic one. When someone is alone in life, doesn't have family, and those are an easy target. Lots of women in those type of situations are easy targets for people. Yeah. And then, you know, we go to... George Hodel, be the main suspect. Yeah, um, he's the most likely. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. His own son wrote a book about him, mm-hmm. the Black Dahlia Avenger, where oh, he's so yeah, he's ba- basically saying that he 100% believes that his father is the killer, the Black Dahlia. That just speaks volumes. Who would want to be the son of the killer of the Black Dahlia? Yeah, he really believed that. Mm-hmm. No many, like you said, who's going to openly accuse your father? Like, mm-hmm. who's going to want to be attached to that? Yeah. And you mentioned the daughter also. Yeah. He molested his own daughter at his mansion. He would have, like, orgy parties. Ah. Yes. Oh. And that's actually where she was forced to participate with himself, mm-hmm. another man, and another woman. Yeah, to do that to your own daughter. Obviously, you're a very sick person to do that. Yeah, and when they went to trial, she said she knows that her father is the killer of the Black Dahlia. That's scary. But people just thought that she was insane. The people completely discarded what she had to say on the matter. Oh, that, she was know. mentally exhausted, basically, or just crazy. Yeah. So blaming the victim. Yeah, blaming the victim. And I hate that when the victims are blamed. And they never seem to get their justice, and their voices are taken away from them, and people speak for them after that. She was sent away mm-hmm. after the trial because she was blamed for ruining the family and ruining his name. Interesting. Yeah. And then some more evidence that you were saying, Jackie, that the son was saying. He didn't know about any of that until he became a police officer. He started looking into the Black Dahlia case. He came across a lot of evidence that pointed to his own father. And, I mean, he loved his dad, Mm -hmm. but his father was a very secretive person. It wasn't until his father passed away, he came across pictures of a woman that he believes are pictures of Elizabeth Short. That are alive. Uh, In the picture, she was alive. Yep, and their family home had a secret room Mm. that he's pretty sure is where he killed Elizabeth Short. And, you know, that's where a lot of his secrets were locked away. He had some cadaver dogs taken to their family home, and the cadaver dogs could sense dead bodies. I mean, that sounds like somebody who really is determined to prove the truth, and that's just so surprising that it's, like, his actual son. I think his actual son's actually pretty awesome. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, George Hodel, before he was a doctor, he took a lot of odd jobs, one of them being as a bus driver. Uh, One of the stops on his routes were at the Biltmore. So just makes you wonder if the Biltmore was a meeting location of his choice. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Very well could be. That's Mm -hmm. a connection there. I get that. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of history there at the Biltmore, so it 
you know, like you said, you know, movies that were filmed there and Ghostbusters being one of our family favorite movies, like one of our top favorite movies. I would love to go to the Biltmore, even just to know that Ghostbusters was shot exactly. there. When you know where the scenes of them capturing Slimer is, it's just it looks so lobby, cool. Right? Yeah, it's in the lobby of the hotel, mm-hmm. like right where the front desk is. Yeah, and when you see that footage, I mean, I always admire how beautiful it looks on the screen. Like, wow, that's a really beautiful. And to me, I'm thinking that that's a re- really beautiful set. It's you know, I think that's maybe on our our list of places to visit soon. Yeah, we're in California, so yeah. why not? Yeah, I think that's a big reason why we're intrigued with the Black Dahlia too, is because. I think she's a big part of California culture. Yeah. I think so, too. L.A., one of the most tragic L.A. stories. Yeah. It's one of the most famous crime stories. Yeah. You know, true crime. The oldest ones, it's unsolved. And because of how gruesome the murder was, it's a very dark story, a very tragic story, but it, it piques a lot of people's interest because it's in L.A., kind of, like, old Hollywood Mm -hmm. type of the young woman who's desperate to become a famous starlet, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's it's sad because of how gruesome her murder was, you know? And that kind of overshadows so many things because of the popularity of her murder. Endless books about her, movies, even shows. Yep. I mean, I've always been intrigued by the story. I mean, of course, I I do enjoy true crime as well, but, I mean, I've always been intrigued by that story, so... I think people just also wanted to be officially solved one day. I think there's that desperation from, like, people who are aware of the story that... You know, maybe she can be avenged one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's why her energy sticks around to, to keep people talking about her. That way, maybe her murder can be solved. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in on this episode of The Ghoulie Girls. If you'd like to support our podcast, be sure to share the scares with others and follow us on YouTube. See you next time.